Hello everyone, my name's Tyler, also known as the Pornhub Tech Support Team Lead. I'm Glenty. I'm filling in for Eric this week. And I'm Steve. Welcome back to Wikipedia, where we get together, have a couple drinks, educate ourselves, and uh, be obnoxious dickheads. It's pretty much what we do all the time, though. We're, we're, we're really good at it. We're extremely good at that. Don't try it at home. We are professionals. We are professionals at being dickheads. Oh, no, please play, play along at home. It, it makes it better. Okay. It makes it tolerable. I'm not your fucking dad, so don't listen to me. <laughs> but I am. I am your dad, and I'm telling you, pour another drink. Well, uh, fuck. So, the way this normally works, if you're not familiar with Wikipedia, is we start on wikipedia.org, click on random page. The three of us will talk about the random pages that we got, determine one we want to start from. And then we're just going to read that page, educate ourselves, educate you as listeners. And then eventually we'll jump to another page that is linked from that page. And we'll just keep going through Wikipedia that way for an hour-ish or until we get too drunk to continue. Since Eric isn't here, I don't think we'll get too drunk to continue. But you never know. (laughs) So before we get started, what's everybody drinking? Glenn? Well, you already know this off late uh, the air, but I am currently not drinking whiskey. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's called Whiskeypedia. I should have had whiskey. I've had a run-in with whiskey that now makes it to the point where I almost feel sick by tasting it. So, uh, what? yeah. You goddamn fool. Why didn't you tell me this beforehand? I would have hired literally anyone else. Well, I was going to just suck it up, but I forgot. So fucking fuck off. <laughs> oh, okay. So what are you drinking then, specifically? I have Kraken with some lime, a little bit of sugar, and some ice cubes. It's basically kind of like the Brazilian Gapainha, except uh, with Kraken. Normally you use uh, Cachaça, which is a clear sugar cane rum. Oh, I, I fucking know what Cachaça is. Jesus. Oh, it is. The way you feel about whiskey is how I feel about Cachaça. Oh, okay, so we're fi- even, even. Yeah, Cachaça is also a uh, DDR song. Well, I guess it's a Drumania song. Ah, okay, good to know. It's yeah, bad. get it right. <laughs> well, hey, hey. Uh, Tyler, what do you got? Is it another fucking Isle uh, Scotch? It is. Uh, look, I, I have too many bottles of whiskey, so I need to I need to finish off what I have, okay? Just, you, you just like to drink dirt. Uh, excuse me, it's drink smoke, thank you very much. Anyway, um, I am back with the Ardbeg 10-year. Um, it is an Isle of Scotch, as we said, very smoky, but still very, but still pretty smooth, and, uh, but, you know, it's an Isle of Scotch, so, not for everyone. It's not for anyone. It's, uh, mm. Uh, I am still going through my monkey shoulder, I'm a really big fan of it, um, the fuck is monkey shoulder? Since Glenn wasn't here last time, uh, so normal normally when you have a blended scotch, they take like a bunch of different malts, throw them together, and then make a scotch out of that. With monkey shoulder, what they do is actually make three different malts and then combine them after they're done. Okay. So they like actually make three individual single malt scotches and then combine them. It's a little bit different. Uh, I really like it. It's very, very drinkable, very smooth. It has almost like a bit of an apple taste to it. Hmm. All right, so now that we've got that out of the way, let's head to wikipedia.org. I encourage you to use en.wikipedia.org, but uh, <laughs> live your own damn life. You want to read Japanese Wikipedia, you go right ahead. Uh, you don't know the language? Not our fucking fault. Yep. 
All right, uh, then hit random article. And let's see what we get. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, mechanical physics. Mechanical <laughs> physics. That's an incredibly big term. <laughs> That's, why is that an article? <laughs> Simple harmonic motion. Hmm. Okay. In mechanics and physics, it's a special type of periodic motion or oscillation motion. Hooray! Let's, let's science hit. science. Let's uh, yeah, let's move on to someone else. I got the 2011 Eastern Illinois Panthers football team. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Uh, uh, they're a Division One team, Tyler. All right. And then I got the list of Camp Laszlo episodes. Camp Laszlo? From Cartoon Network. I have never watched that. It's from nope, like. Never the, even heard of it until now. It's from like <laughs> the mid 2000s. To Did be honest. watch it? I never nope. actually watched Camp Laszlo. I watched everything else from this like weird Era. event that they were doing. And yeah, like Billy and Mandy, Edda and Eddie, and stuff like that. But like. I always see Camp Laszlo, but I never have actually, like, sat down and watched it. Okay, well, I think we're going with football. <laughs> okay, then. Looks like it's time for some football. It's still a very short article. Um, I'll go ahead and read the first paragraph, and then the rest of it is just their record, and we can talk about how bad they were. The 2011 like Eastern Illinois Panthers football team represented Eastern Illinois University in the 2011 NCAA Division I FCS football season. Panthers were led by longtime head coach Bob Spoo. What a Bob Spoo. Wow. <laughs> 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 that name. It's like a J or a G E away from being synonymous <laughs> with never mind. It's from being horribly inappropriate. They played their home games at O'Brien Stadium. They were a member of the Ohio Valley Conference. They finished the season two and nine in last place. <laughs> Holy shit. Spoo retired at the end of the season. So they actually won their first game uh, at home. Good way to start the season. Then they lost the next seven straight, uh, except for their homecoming game on except on October twenty second. They lost every game by at least one touchdown. Oof! Uh, against Eastern Kentucky, they lost forty eight to sixteen. They just got creamed. They almost made it against uh, UT Martin. The attendance number is actually not too bad. They kind of fluctuate for the most part anywhere between the lower sixes to the lower nines. Yeah, no. With the exception of when they were at Northwestern, where they had nearly 30,000. What's Northwestern? Northwestern's or, like a huge football state. Did I, did I say Same Northeastern? State. No, you said Northwestern. Okay. If you didn't say Northwestern, I wasn't listening close enough to notice, so it's fine. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm... and then... uh. Are they uh, really a, a UT Martin and Tennessee State? They lost by one. That's that's brutal to lose by one. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then uh, Southern Illinois, their last game of the season. Again, they lost forty-five to twenty-eight. Just getting murdered. Oof. All right, so we don't have a whole lot of places we can go here. I think I want to read about Bob Spoo. Bob Spoo, the one right. and only, the one and only Bob Spoo. <laughs> It's another fairly short article. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, he's he's old, but he's still alive. He's eighty. Wow, Jeez. still kicking, still kicking. More power to him. All right, he like he was barely over five hundred his whole career. He compiled a record of one forty four, one thirty one, and one. That's 
not that good. Eh, it could be better. So he led an entire career of being a mediocre football coach. Mm-hmm. He won coach of the year a couple years. He won some championships. So he must have just had like some really good years and then some really bad years. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at it in the 90s, he was like 5 and 6, 5 and 6, 9 and 4, 5 and 6, 4 and 7. So when he was good, he was good. And when he was bad, he was just mediocre, except for a couple seasons. Where he just tanked. Yeah, where he's like 2 and 10 and then 4 and 8. Then his last two seasons, he was 2 and 9 each one. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to bring your average down. Yeah, yeah, it is. Look at all these bowl losses. Like, quarterfinal, first round, first round, first round, first round. What a goddamn shame. And then shame. just one first... quarterfinal where he's like, yeah, back in my prime, I had a great team <laughs> in the quarterfinals. All around me are familiar faces. <laughs> <laughs> just repeated failure. Oh, he still lives in uh, Charleston, Illinois. That's nice of him, you know, to retire, stick around. Yeah, absolutely. Let's read about Charleston, Illinois. We got to get somewhere interesting. And that's still stretching the term a little, but. Unfortunately, I don't believe it's the same Charleston where the dance came along from. So, uh, oh, I really hope it is. I, really uh, I don't it believe is. it is. I'm pretty sure that was uh, South Charleston, North Carolina. That makes more sense. Because even like the song, Carolina. Okay, so if the song contains the word <laughs> Carolina, that's a pretty dead giveaway, Glenn, that it might be from Carolina. Maybe. I've been drinking a little early. <laughs> uh, Charleston's a city in the county seat of Coles County, Illinois. Population was 21,838 as of the 2010 census. That's a bustling metropolis, let me tell you. 22,000 people. <laughs> what else? What's interesting here? First settled by Benjamin Parker in 1826. Oh, that's nice. Who the fuck's Benjamin Parker? I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't even, even have, have a link. link. Wow. He's like, he's such a nothing person. He doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. Hell, even Uncle Ben probably has a Wikipedia link and he's from friggin' Spider-Man. <laughs> I am sure. Not only does Uncle Ben have a Wikipedia page, I'm sure it is a long page filled with like lots of controversy and disambiguations. <laughs> like there's probably a separate heading for each Spider-Man universe. I'm gonna be surprised. Oh hey, uh, Abe Lincoln is from this area. I, I misread oh. this sentence. When Abe, Abraham Lincoln's father moved to a farm on Goose Nest Prairie, south of Charleston, in 1831, I misread that as Gooniest Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> the Gooniest Prairie, just just full of goons. Totally. Back then, hockey, especially in ice rinks, were huge. <laughs> Yeah, because hockey existed in the early 1800s. Didn't you know they used to push their Zambonis? No, they didn't even have Zambonis. Like, that's that's where the term hoser came from, is that uh, the, the kids who weren't good enough to be playing actually had to go out and hose the ice down. <laughs> Let's see, what else we got? Uh... Charleston, when armed with sympathizers of the Confederate band, uh, known as Copperheads, arrived in town to attack half-drunk Union soldiers preparing to return to their regiment. That's nice. That's a <laughs> mighty rude stance to take. They were drunk. Could you, could you imagine, like, coming back home and being like, yeah, we're doing the right thing. We're 
trying to keep the country together. Let's go have a couple of drinks. We had a good battle. And they just get fucking, like, mowed down coming home. Right? What? In 1895, the Eastern Illinois State Normal School was established in Charleston. The Normal School? The normal? <laughs> like, was there a, a weird school before? Was there, compared, like, Eastern Illinois to, uh... State School for fucking dipshits? <laughs> <laughs> Abnormal School is where they all taught you by screaming into silly putty? Expecting to not uh, actually have writing put on it. That's why it was abnormal. Oh, and then this led to lasting resentment in nearby Mattoon, which had originally led the campaign to locate the proposed teaching school in Coles County. A Mattoon newspaper printed a special edition announcing the decision with the derisive headline, Catfish Town Gets It. Catfish Town, wow. So they showed up and they were like 13F Cali and then the sh- the school comes by and they're like, just kidding, FBI. See you later, bitch. <laughs> we're going to hang with the catfish town. So I just skipped ahead to the economy and I found out that Jimmy John... Uh, uh, that's where Jimmy John's is from? Yes, this is where <laughs> Jimmy John's is from. It was founded in well, 1983. Wait, really? Well, we're going to Jimmy John's. <laughs> Let's go to the Jibble Jabs. The Jibble Jabs. World's greatest sandwiches. All right. Jimmy John's franchise is a franchised sandwich restaurant chain specializing in delivery. Founded by Jimmy John LaTodd. LaTodd? How- I don't know how to say that. In 1983, headquartered in Champaign, Illinois, in 30 years, the company had grown to more than 2,500 locations in all states except Alaska, Connecticut, Hawaii, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Vermont. I mean, so first, it, that's understandable. Alaska, Hawaii, New England, minus Massachusetts. Yeah, well, no one else really likes New England except for Massachusetts, especially Connecticut. No one likes Connecticut. Connecticut hates itself. Uh, Rhode Island is nothing. Vermont is the Colorado of the Northeast, except without people. Vermont is more just like, yeah, your sandwiches, they're probably good, but we're we're all set. We've got a lot of ice cream and we got the munchies. <laughs> and then there's nobody in Maine, and New Maine, Hampshire is Maine only is, good for beer stores. Maine is the deep south of the north. No one goes to Maine. No one <laughs> Maine goes to Maine. Maine is the deep south of the north. No one goes to Maine. And New Hampshire is uh, it's basically diet Massachusetts. Still plenty of jackasses, just a bit cheaper. What a bunch of bullshit. After Jimmy John graduated second to last in his class at Elgin Academy, his father gave him the choice to join the military or start a business. He chose the latter, and his father lent him $25,000 to start a hot dog business. Ah, the good old hot dog. Hot dog stand. Fuck. So, first of all, like, let me pull up an inflation calculator, but like, literally, he barely fucking graduated. And his dad was like, yeah, well, you're kind of a disappointment, but here's some money. Yeah. That's the equivalent of 64000 today. What the fuck? Fuck you, Jimmy John. Oh, oh, that, oh. He started off selling hot dogs. And he, did, and he didn't even sell hot dogs. He gave up on that. Yeah, he was like, oh, it costs more than it's going to make in. So screw it. Let's do sandwiches instead. Oh my god, so his picture is to the right, and, and he looks like a fucked up combination of William Shatner and Guy Fieri. Yes, yes, very much With a yes. a sunburn. 
<laughs> oh my god. Okay, so before we continue, we need to settle this right now. We mentioned that he started a hot dog business and then decided to open a sandwich shop. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Before we go into that, I just want to make the side note that he also kind of looks like if Donald Trump had actually been a part of NSYNC in the 90s <laughs> and then aged really badly. You're, you're losing me well, here. got that second part down. <laughs> As for the hot dog, a sandwich part. Um, no. I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna. I'm gonna argue. Yes. You don't even believe it. I also. I also don't believe it's not. Uh, it has to be one of the two. Fuckface. There's no third state of matter that is not a sandwich and not not a sandwich. <laughs> we got. We got. We got solid liquid gas and hot dog sandwich. <laughs> solid liquid gas hot dog sandwich. Those are the five elements. I mean, if we're going to argue it, then fine. It's an open face sandwich. Open face sandwiches aren't sandwiches. What if the bottom of the bread cut, and so then you have two pieces of distinct bread? It means with... you fucked up the hot dog. It means how how badly did you cut that hot dog <laughs> bun? In half. It's it's tough to cut a hot dog bun, okay? <laughs> it, maybe if you're Eric. Eric would find a way to fuck it up. So, no, I am firmly... Uh, a hot dog is not a sandwich, although Ruth Bader Ginsburg believes it is a sandwich. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I mean, you gotta go with Ruth. Yeah, that, that's that's part of the thing. Like, honestly, I feel like at this point, this argument has been going on so long on the internet that I don't even actually fucking care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped caring before we even got onto it. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I've just been, like, fighting about this stupid topic for so long that I'm like, do I actually really have any opinions about this or am I just being a dickhead? It's entirely possible. It's just the second. There was that entire 48 hours in the NerdFit Discord where we all argued the semantics of various foods. And at that point, I realized I really stopped wanting to communicate with people. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Never mind. (laughs) In one of my other discords, we have had an ongoing debate, and it comes back up every now and then, that... Every single food item can be classified, if you're willing to go vague enough, as either a salad or a sandwich. Uh, so, shaved ice is a water salad? Yeah, it's it's a water salad. Steak is a meat salad. Why is steak a meat salad? Doesn't a salad... Doesn't the, the definition of... Soup could be a liquid salad. Why? Wait, doesn't the definition yeah, of salad mean salad. it contains multiple ingredients? It contains multiple ingredients that with extreme effort, could be re-separated into their constituent parts, and is not in itself a container of any kind. So how could steak... I got really mad because I was telling them, like, so if you have, like, a pile of mashed potatoes, that's a salad. You put it inside of some pasta so it becomes a pierogi, now that is a sandwich. (laughs) You have a couple of pierogi... Now that is a salad. You put that into a burrito. Now it is a sandwich again. (laughs) Oh God! (laughs) They could stop. I I don't want to. Did we? Did we just completely skip the concept of ravioli? (laughs) Yeah, I mean the pierogi is basically just a published ravioli. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, one's one's boiled, the other is more baked or fried. Pierogies are bad. Sorry, Tyler. Hey, get the fuck out of (laughs) here! I didn't know. Steve, Steve is a f- 
how how does it feel to say something so wrong yet so brave? I feel good about it. Goddamn right, fascist. Alright, let's get back to let's get back to Jimmy John. He's lonely. Fuck Jimmy John. Yeah, and his ugly ass fucking <laughs> grin. Like he's just sitting there watching me eat like, boogers and pubes from my sandwich that like he he's, made. He's me. About, if he smiles any bigger, he's gonna start tearing in half. CNN Money listed Jimmy John's as one of the ten <laughs> great franchise bets. <sighs> That's annual again. sales can be as high as one point two million, while net profits can average at about two hundred eighty thousand. He sold a thirty three percent stake to a San Francisco based private equity firm just to help on like finding new locations. Makes sense. Now the bigger question here: Why do you think it was a good idea to make all? of your restaurant employees sign non-compete agreements as a condition of employment. Uh, because he's a piece of shit, just like Papa John. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fun, fun fact, like, actually, non-competes are often really, really difficult to enforce. And if you can prove that abiding by the non-compete would give you undue stress or make it so that you cannot get any job that reasonably uses your skills, it can be thrown out. So if you were to work at a Jimmy John's for, like, two years and all of your skills are in fast food or fast food store management and you go, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like start over my career? No, I want to go manage a Burger King. Then you can probably get it thrown out. It's just going to be a hassle. What a fucking piece of shit. Definitely good to know. Yep. Enforcement of non-compete agreements against our hourly store employees is not a part of Jimmy John's culture or business model. Then why the fuck do you have them sign them, you dumb motherfucker? <laughs> we just have them sign them. We don't, we don't really do it or pay attention to it. Jimmy John is a fuck. Sponsorships. Oh, he sponsors NASCAR. Great. That's exactly what we need. Sponsored Brock Lesnar in UFC. Oof. Oof, indeed. Uh, at least on the bright side, the company managed to give money towards, you know, families of killed or disabled soldiers. Yeah. Gave 100 laptops to a school I, district. I thought you just said uh, laptops. Gave 125. <sighs> Not no, not laptops, not lap dances. <laughs> Donated more than a hundred lap dances to children in need. <laughs> Look, man. It's all those incel oh, kids. Come oh. on. Donating lap dances to like people with severe spinal injuries so they're paralyzed from like the chest down. Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, Why you gotta do that? They also donated 125 grand towards the Parks Foundation to support youth scholarship program. Uh, they also donate 100 grand to uh, Red to offer HIV and AIDS medication in Sub-Saharan Africa, which, as we know, during the years of Shkreli, was like half of one medication. Yeah. So, like that whole like the phrasing of the company it donated to is really, really awkward to read. It's like donated 100 thousand dollars to eat in parentheses Red save lives eat red save lives eat save like like i don't understand what it's trying to right? say and it's eat save lives and they gave hiv medication that, that has nothing to do with eating why is the word eat in there no you know i i hope i hope in a very twisted way that that's actually an area that was also having problems with hunger, and they decided to not send food instead, like a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> Everybody's hungry. Here's some AIDS medication. Enjoy your yeah, right? Eat like, those. Just so completely out of touch that they just sent that out of stereotype. <laughs> you, you, you guys look like you need it. 
Other Jimmy John sponsorships include the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Detroit Red Wings, the Houston Astros, the Nashville Predators, Seattle Mariners, and the GoDaddy.com Bowl. Wait a minute. GoDaddy.com has a bowl? Uh, I'm guessing that it's just they sponsored a uh, bowl game in some at some point. Yeah, Hover Over is just saying that they it was like, it's just a Division One football bowl. It's also known as the Dollar General Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that costs more than a dollar. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to assume tickets were more than a dollar. Uh, oh, man. we uh, Jimmy John sponsored former NASCAR champion Rusty Wallace for his Speed Energy Formula off-road debut at the X Games. What the, f- what the fuck do they have going on at the X Games now that a former NASCAR person can do anything? Probably nothing. Well, I mean, clearly he entered something. Let's go read about the X Games, the 2015 X Games. Okay. Now I gotta find out where that was. There we go. The 2015 X Games were once again broadcast on ESPN and ABC. The event debuted three new events, Moto X Flat Track, Moto X Quarter Pipe, and Big Air Doubles. It was the most attended X Games since 2004. Over 160,000 spectators, so 40,000 people. Not too shabby. That's uh four anime Bostons each day. <laughs> Flat track? I'm guessing that that's just like racing, just straight up motorcycle Probably, racing. Probably, yeah. Moto X, I don't give a fuck about that. Skateboard, BMX. Do they not even do inline anymore? Wait, they did inline? Yeah, X Games did inline. That's what I used to watch all the time back in the day. Oh, huge no. huge crush on Fabiola da Silva. Oh, no, I heard Steve's... The- Nostalgia. <laughs> Holy fuck, Bob Burnquist is still skating Whoa. and he got gold? Yo. He's gonna be like 150 years old. And skateboard BMX big air doubles? What? Wait, what? So they're gonna have a bike and a skateboard going on at the same time? Apparently that was it, yeah. Yeah, it looks like there's like it. Each person is like paired up with someone else. God, I w- I want to know what the hell is that? What that is about? But there's no there's no special link for it. Yeah, no, there's none. Like nowhere through the article, it doesn't link anything about big air doubles. They're like, oh yeah, you know, you guys know what that is, right? It's like, no, we hang on, <laughs> please tell us. Yeah, the only thing there's only a uh, reference. Yeah, and the reference doesn't explain much either. Yeah, it's probably just the results. Oh, man. I really can't believe that Bob Burnquist is still fucking skating. Right? I kind of want to I kind of want to go and look into Bob Burnquist. Let's check out Bob Burnquist. All Bob right. Burnquist. Also, what a what a not Portuguese or Brazilian name. Oh, he's Brazilian American, okay. He's also named Robert. Robert Dean Silva Burnquist. Robert Dean Bob Silva Burnquist. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, he's the first person to do a fakie 900. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Burnquist's biggest success to date came in the Vert Contest at the 2001 X Games. Prior to his final run, Burnquist was sitting in second place behind the two-time defending champion, Bucky Lassick. Oh, my, oh God, my God, that name. Oh, my God. Fucking Bucky Lassick. Holy shit. Burnquist produced a flawless run, including multiple tricks that had never been seen before and as a result were unnamed. During the run, commentator Tony Hawk went hoarse and nearly lost his voice while screaming in disbelief. (laughs) (laughs) He 
He was ordered, given a score of a 98 out of 100, the second highest score ever given in any X Games skateboarding event. Wow. Holy shit. He almost died trying to do a 50-50 into the Grand Canyon. Wait. What? <laughs> what? In 2006, Burnquist completed a base jump after completing a 50-50 into the Grand Canyon. So he did a fucking slide on a skateboard off a railing into the Grand Canyon and then base jumped. What? Why would the it... first attempt nearly cost Burnquist his life after he missed the rail and fell out of control. Before regaining himself and successfully oh his parachute. His second Holy attempt shit, apparently like... went flawlessly. Wow. There they would... probably did not show the first attempt. There would not be a second attempt if that were me. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, uh, Bob Burnquist is 41. Remember when you said he, you thought he was like 150? I was clearly exaggerating, Tyler. Okay. <laughs> He's actually the Loch Ness Monster. to be an asshole about it. Uh, and he just retired last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. He retired with a record of the most X Game medals won with a total of 30. And has the only person that had competed in every single X Games summer event from 95 through 2017. Holy shit. Dude, I keep looking through all the names on here and I'm like, holy shit, am I, Tony am I Pro playing, too? So here am I, I playing am Tony Pro doing everything I can. You got Bucky Lassick, Tony Hawk, Rune Glyphberg, yeah. Mike Vallely. Burnquist appeared in a short clip talking about the effects of gravity on the second episode of the first season of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yo. Oh, hell yeah, dude. He made a guest appearance as himself on Kim Possible. What? He's also featuring a commercial what? for Aero Chocolate Bars and a brief cameo in the skateboarding movie Grind. Bob Burnquist and his girlfriend Jen O'Brien openly advocated for the legalization of marijuana and admitting that it helps them deal with the pressures of their sport. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, looking at the contest history, what the fuck were the Coolio games? Wait, the what? What? Contest history. The second column, fourth entry down, is first in 2006. The Coolio games? The Coolio games. games. Oh my god. Uh, uh, There's no link! Searching Google. Fuck that. We can't read about it, and if it pulls up Wikipedia page, we're not allowed. Can't do that's it. That's okay. I'm at least going to see if that's a real thing. Well, no shit, it's a real thing. I mean, I guess that's the type of thing you could just slip in there and no one would notice or think that's about exactly. it. Of of course it's real. It's on Wikipedia. Are you kidding you know me how many right times now? Things have been edited. Do you know how many? Th- what are you crazy? Okay, I what an incredibly fucking vague statement. <laughs> yeah, I was like. gonna say. Do you know how many times things have been edited? I I clearly <laughs> I should have started off sober in this episode. I'm gonna guess at least eight times, Glenn. Things have been edited. Shit, that's a good one. Just, just things. Oh, that explains why he wasn't in Pro Skater 3. It was due to license restrictions as a result of his appearing in another game, ESPN X Games Skateboarding, during that time. I, I bet you that game was fucking terrible. I bet you, I, I bet you, ready? That game probably got overshadowed by 3 because I'd never heard of it until this article. Me either. So let's go read about it because we don't know shit about All it. All right. Oh, it was developed by Konami for the PlayStation 2 and oh, the GBA. Oh my god. What? That's a that's a combination. Yeah, those are those are two those right? are two very similar. They're they're similar. I mean, like, they should be able to port easily. <laughs> no, right? 
Aside from the God practice, multiplayer, and free skate modes, players can participate in an X Games competition in either street or vert. Players attempt to gain to earn the highest score within a one-minute time limit. Of the play, one of the playable levels is inspired by the half pipe used in X Games Six. The game also has an arcade mode where players roam levels and complete various goals and collect spinning X Game logos, which unlocks other playable levels. Tony Hawk Pro That's Skater. Totally not at all like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Totally not. Famitsu gave the PS2 version a 33 out of 40. That's not too bad. That's not too good, but it's not too bad. Hold on. What? 33 out of 40? What kind of I fucking no scale idea. is that? It's like, it's like saying 5 out of 7. <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> the game received more mixed reviews in the West as Game Rankings and Metacritic gave it a score of 62.04 and 58 out of 100 for that version and 54.6 and 61 out of 100 for the GBA version. So Metacritic praised the GBA version better, and Game Rankings gave the PS2 version a better rating. But both were still bad. They were basically like 60%. Yeah, it seems like everyone likes the GBA version better, which is crazy. Like, what? IGN gave it a 4.9 out of 10. That sounds sounds pretty accurate. Even GamePro gave it a a 2.5 out of 5. GameSpot. GamePro gives, like, everything 8 and up. Like, you gotta fuck up bad for GamePro to give you a bad review. Yeah. Oh, my God. IGN? Even IGN, who's always, like, oh, everything's 10 out of 10. 5.5 for the GBA and 4.9 for That's the PS2. That's a massive failure. Like, how IGN. do you have to make a game that everyone feels the GBA version is better? <laughs> a multi-platform game that ever says the GBA is the definitive version of ESPN X Games skateboarding. That that's Hold on. It, in the reception it says it says IGN gave the GBA edition a 5.5, also praising the presentation, and unlike the PS2 version, gave a higher score for the graphics. Wow. What? I'm guessing what they mean is that like the graphics were probably similar and they were like these are really good graphics for the GBA and pretty shitty graphics for the PS2. That's probably what they mean. Probably because, I mean, like, if you had the exact same graphics on those two platforms, you'd be like, this is really good on the GBA, and this is really fucking terrible on the PS2. It should look better. Also, Nintendo Power gave it a 2 out of 5. Mm. When What the fuck when is the... OPM? Oh. oh, official play PlayStation Magazine gave it a 4 out of 5. Yeah, whatever. That's gracious. Imagine that. I hope it gave the 4 out of 5 to the GBA version. <laughs> And Maxim, proving to be, you know, only clearly the most scrutinous, gave it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. I think that's the highest score of any. You are correct. It is. It's the highest. That's. Maxim doesn't fucking know anything. No, they don't. I, I really wish, like, somebody found a way to collect all the information of, like, how much companies paid for good reviews and just tie it to these reviews and see if you could figure out like how much money it costs to bump up like one out of 10. <laughs> Cause I mean, I have pretty low standards. If, if I was a game reviewer and people actually listened to me, we, we a know huge we mistake know. on their part. Thanks Tyler. <laughs> um, if I was going to review some game and give it a five out of 10 and the publisher said, we'll give you $5,000 to give it an eight out of 10. I'll be like, it's getting a 9 out of 10 now. <laughs> How much would it cost for you guys? I would have told them that gets them a 6 out of 10. They're going to need to bump it up higher for anything better. Really? Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm fucking opportunist as hell when it comes to business. 
And then they're just going to kill you in your sleep. Wheeling and dealing. Yeah, you know what? Worth it. Means I don't have to fucking go in and write a <laughs> shitty review. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> totally worth it to turn down $5,000 to get murdered in my bed. <laughs> Again, it means I don't have to write a shitty review. Joke's on them. Fair enough. Tyler? What? How low are your standards? <sighs> That's a, uh, I don't know how much. I, I want I want ten grand to bump it up. From a five to an eight? Yeah, I want ten grand. So we'll do some wheeling and dealing. We'll, we'll have to negotiate some terms here. But you're coming like, in at look, ten. You're starting like, at ten. Maybe let them talk you down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. That's fair. All right. Where are we going to jump to from here? We don't have a ton of options. Uh, I think jumping directly to video games is a terrible idea. That's way too broad. Maxim. Oh, God. Yeah. We're going, We're going to Maxim. Maxim. Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, that's a long <laughs> fucking article. Jeez. I mean, Holy are you really shit. that surprised? It has 63 references. Again, are you really that surprised? Like, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, there's a picture of Hillary Duff. Oh, wow. Somebody took the time to do this. Yeah, well, companies pay a lot of good money for that. Guys, Hillary Duff is still alive. Yeah, I guess. On the bright side, we at least have a lot of people that we can click on. Yeah. Man, whoever wrote this article, it's like every sentence is its own paragraph oh under my history. God. Yeah, somebody, this is a PR page. Like, somebody in PR just, like, in the, for Maxim, just did all this. Copy, paste. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way it's not a paid page. Or in this case, not a paid page through Wikipedia, but someone was paid to put it on Wikipedia. Yeah. They weren't paid good enough to give enough attention, though. In January 2016, Biglari officially took over as editor-in-chief, Sardar Biglari, it looks like, as editor-in-chief of Maxim, though a Maxim staffer said that the new masthead title just formalizes what has always been clear. Biglari exercises full editorial control over Maxim. At one point last year, he decided to throw out a nearly complete version of the December issue in order to completely redesign the magazine. What an egotistical dickhead. I know what I'm doing. We are throwing out this entire issue, and you guys are going to fix it. It's like, well, we, we, just, we just had like a whole month of work. In 2004, the Gender Issues Center, an on-campus feminist organization at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay, Ontario, protested an on-campus Thunder Bay Boob Idol event sponsored by Maxim Yo. and Coors Light. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They they actually called it that. I am like not not <laughs> terribly surprised, but by anything in that sentence. <laughs> Thunder Bay boob idol. In two thousand June two thousand seven, Israeli diplomat David Saranga invited Maxim to the country. In what became known as Beers and Babes, the magazine did photo shoots of near naked Israeli women who serve in the army. <sighs> minute, 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 minute. In February 2008, Maxim was criticized by the rock band The Black Crows for rating their upcoming CD, Warpaint, without hearing the entire album. Nice. <laughs> oh, here we go. Get, uh, ethics and ethics and uh, magazine journalism. Here we go. No oh, boy. Oh, man. Where is it? Uh, according to Crows, the magazine stated in an email that, of course, we always prefer to hearing music. Okay. 
But sometimes there are big albums that we don't want to ignore that aren't available to hear, which is what happened with The Crows. It's an educated guest preview or no coverage at all, so in this case we chose the former. So they literally just fucking guessed and made shit up! Yeah. What? <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, we like The Black Crows. It's probably going to be a four out of five. Maybe you should buy it. What the f- Who the fuck does that? A lot more people than you'd imagine. A lot more companies and publishers than you'd imagine. That's why a lot of these things literally suggest that you basically write your own article so they can pick and choose and then rewrite a little bit of it to make their job easier. Holy shit, there's a lot of international editions. Holy crap. South Korea, Indonesia, India, Japan, the United States, which, what? I don't know why it's in there, but... They have their... I guess the U.S.'s version is its own version. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. France, Russia, Turkey, Serbia, Greece, <laughs> Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Canada, Poland, Brazil, the Philippines, defunct, Germany, Mexico, and Argentina. Period, period. Two, two, period, period. They have a whole list of people who've been on the cover... Which actually is just a subsection of the main article, list of people on the cover of Maxin magazine. Bunch of singers, film actresses, models. But again, Hilary Duff <laughs> is still alive. I just want to point that out. Yeah, but so is Amanda Bynes. Oh, oh God, Amanda Bynes. Yo, Amanda, Amanda Bynes is my age. How does that make me feel? Except terrible. Bad. Uh, so have you guys heard the theory, like the conspiracy theory that Avril Lavigne actually died? Uh, no. Like, so what? essentially, like, after Avril Lavigne's first album came out, there was, like, some close friend of hers that I guess she hung out with all the time and, like, posted pictures on social media and whatever. And that person, like, kind of looked like her a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit like her. And then there was, like, a six-month radio silence period from Avril Lavigne. And then all of a sudden she comes back and starts making music, but it's totally different. And she kind of looks a little different. And people swear Avril Lavigne actually died and her friend took over as her. Holy shit. That is an insane conspiracy theory about a thing that doesn't fucking matter. And now you know it exists. Wow. Thanks, fuckhead. Let's go read about Avril Lavigne. It's a lot more interesting than Avril reading Levine. about Amanda Bynes. I'm just going to go and make things complicated. <sighs> Oh my god, Avril Lavigne is my age. Owned. Ugh. Wait, she has dual can Canadian and French citizenship? Apparently. I mean, it makes sense with that yeah, name. Yeah, you didn't know that? She was married twice? Once was to Chad Kroger? Wait, what? <laughs> no! <laughs> you are getting so invested. Ugh. I'm just, like, physically injured by those things. Items. <laughs> I I I guess you could say I guess you could say that uh she said see you later boy. <sighs> okay, I mean, bye. You knew it was a red flag cuz I mean he's in Nickelback. Can I kill at least one of you? No. Why, Why would you do that? So her first husband Derek Wibley Derek by the way is spelled D E R Y C K Yeah it's the shittiest spelling of Derek possible Like when when was that marriage Let's see Uh they got married in July 2006 after having dated for 2 years 
got divorced I can almost in October guarantee you the way that was spelled was a name change in the middle of friggin' the 90s. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, wait. He's the lead singer guitarist Sum 41. Sum 41. That explains everything. That literally explains a whole bunch of things. Oh, she really likes trashy musicians. Me too, thanks. <laughs> yeah, let's look at personal life French citizenship, because I'm I'm uh, just interested. She's legally, has been legally French from birth because her father is French, and France applies jus sanguinis, uh, which is um, blood law, I think is how that translates. That makes sense. Okay. She applied for her French passport and received it in February 2011. Oh, she actually moved to France in 2011 to study the French language. Huh. Oh, well, that explains where she went. That does explain where she went. She didn't die. She went to France. Or is that what they want you to believe? Because what if, what if oh. the original Avril Lavigne died shortly after the divorce in 2009? And then she was assassinated by and the then government. Then came back <laughs> to the U.S. after "quote unquote" being in France. The married Chad Kroger, because she had to keep up the whole facade of liking bad musicians. She announced her separation on Instagram. What? <laughs> what? Uh, that is I so really punk wrong. That she didn't even tell him. I guess she did see Say You Later, boy. <laughs> I do actually know somebody that kind of happened to, like, their uh, their husband decided to leave them and just, like, defriended her on Facebook. And that's how she found out. Huh. Whoa. Health. In April 2015, she revealed to People Magazine that she has been diagnosed with Lyme disease. Ooh. Oof. Yikes. That's pretty rough. Lyme disease. Oh, God. Oh, shit. She performed Skater Boy on Sabrina. In 2002. What? Oh, we're going to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's oh, where we're God going. Unless you can find something better on this page in the next five seconds. I teenage wish we didn't have to, oh, but alright. Got Melissa Joan Hart, so we're all good to go. Melissa Joan Hart was awesome. I had a crush on her as a kid, too. I mean, who didn't? Tyler, did you? It's very important. Uh, maybe? That sounds like a no. <laughs> And he's trying to fit in. Uh, We're keeping an eye on you. Uh, Listen, rum okay, drinker. Okay, no, you don't get no, to say okay, shit. Hold on a second. Hey, all I'm saying is I've been playing a lot of no, Fallout okay, 4. You know what? I just remembered. Six. I, I, I just remembered that she, she's from, she's Clarissa from Clarissa Explains It yeah, All. Yeah, so. she's Clarissa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're good. Are we? Are we? Are we? Synth. That's what I thought. Oh, that fucking stupid ass cat. Fuck that cat. That cat was so shitty. Like, even as a kid, I was like, that is the worst animatronic cat possible. That was a surprisingly bad cat. How many episodes did it have? 163 plus three TV films. More than there ever should have been is the answer. God, it it went on seven years. I just skimmed past and I saw... There are six video games. What? Oh my god, Sabrina there the have been. Which... Why? Most of them for, for PC, PC, PlayStation, and GBA. Hey, you know what? You know what was good? Every single one of those PC games also had a Mac port. Oh yeah, you're right. Wow, look at that. Yeah, so enjoy enjoy your Mac games. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
<laughs> bundle of magic. The, the triple pack. Oh, boy. What else can I say other than sign me the fuck up? I can't wait to play Sabrina the Teenage Witch Brad Attack. How about Potion Commotion? And developer says no developer available. <laughs> know, it was a GBA right? game. <laughs> they don't even know who made it. It just, like, appeared on the market one day. <laughs> I bet it was in a brightly colored cardboard box. But instead of it being printed, someone just covered it in highlighter. <laughs> It's like drawn by hand. They only released like six copies. <laughs> Published by Ubisoft, though. Mm. That's weird. I be- I bet you honestly, it was just like somebody at Ubisoft lost a bet and had to make it. Probably. And they didn't want to attach their name to it. They're like, "I'll release this stupid fucking game." Wait, please don't blame me. It has two release dates. Uh, yeah. One. I mean, it might be like different regions. Maybe one's Europe and one's North America. I don't know. Oh, that's neat. The animated spinoff, Sabrina was voiced by Melissa Joan Hart's younger sister. That's cute. And then Melissa Joan Hart voiced both of the aunts. Why did it have... I just realized this was... It had two spinoff series. I just realized this was set in Massachusetts. Yeah. In a fictional town. The fact that it's named Westbridge... (laughs) It really does, I mean, that, that really does that sounds feel, boss. it feels like a Massachusetts town. Like if you were to tell some random person in Massachusetts, ah, like, oh, yeah, naked, I'm over in Westbridge. They'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, ah, yeah fucking a. grew <laughs> up there. A. You moved up in the world, kid. <laughs> that is, for somebody who's lived Jesus in Massachusetts Christ. their whole life, Glenn, that is the worst Boston accent I've ever heard. <laughs> I never said I was good at making a Boston accent. I spent my whole life trying to not have one. Mission accomplished. Hell yeah. Oh, when the series finished its fourth season, several secondary characters left the show. Get fucked. And then they backtracked that. They cut her boyfriend when she went to college, and then he ended up appearing in three episodes that season and then returned as a regular the following season. (laughs) Man, I uh, can't say I'm very interested in that show. The show included contemporary pop culture references, with Sabrina often saying she liked Britney Spears in No Doubt. That is the fucking late 90s blonde girl trifecta right there. Melissa Joan Hart, Britney Spears, and Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you think of a more, like, definitive 90s blonde girl? No, actually, I can't. (laughs) Than those three? No, not at all, actually. (laughs) Except maybe Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. So I went down to the episodes and ratings, and there's a there's an interesting correlation really? here. Actually, uh, when it was on ABC, it was ranked pretty well for the Nielsen ratings, and then as soon as WB bought it, tanked. like it just like tanked. Well, the WB didn't have as big of a draw. Yeah, that's true. Oh, ABC was willing to renew the show for a fifth season, but the network was not willing to pay the reported 1.5 million per episode that Viacom wanted. WB picked up the show for Viacom like, does it less again. than half the price. But they committed to two seasons. Okay. How? Oh, man, I remember like when WB was trying to compete and picked up all sorts of these things and like, but nobody got it. God, the fucking video games. I'm so mad that I scrolled past the video games again. <laughs> <laughs> no developer <Not> available. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
I'm really glad that like so many characters just got axed after season four. They're like, yeah, just get the fuck out, all of you. None of you need to be here. Look at the names of some of these characters or some of these actresses. Sorry, China Shavers. What? Soleil Moon Fry. Uh. Those are actresses, not characters. Bumper Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) You remember Bumper? You remember that time we were sitting there trying to come up with football teams and fantasy football of. What had the most ridiculous names? Bumper Robinson. Bumper Robinson sounds like it would have been like a number two pick. <laughs> That's really good. That's really... Oh, I just, I fucking love this sentence. Nick Bacay as Salem Saberhagen, a 500-year-old witch turned into a talking cat because of his plans to take over the world. Bes- to take ah. over the world. Besides Sabrina, he is the only character to remain for the entire seven seasons and appear in every episode. Yeah, because he didn't cost any money. <laughs> wait, they had a section that was on the Jerry Springer show? Wait, 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 where is Martin this? Martin Mull as Wizard Craft, seasons two to four, the head teacher at Westbridge High, Sabrina's high school, and the on-and-off boyfriend of both Hilda and Zelda. Hilda mentions that herself and Zelda have stopped using magic on Willard as it is starting to affect his mental state. This is also mentioned at the Jerry Springer show when Zelda and Willard's ex-life Lucy, who is a witch unbeknownst to him, fight for his affection. In an adaption to the lie detector test, they performed the potion detector test showing he had extremely high amounts of magic in his system. The character left the series after season four. Why did they have a Jerry Springer subplot? (laughs) What? Fuck television. (laughs) I just... Just... Just fuck television. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, Martin Mull is like that, um, like just generic ass dad looking actor. Let's go to his page because I think I remember who he is. Well, that's an old picture of him. There's no like recent picture of him. What the fuck? The newest pic, the, the newest picture of him is forty years old. Oh, he was Gene on Arrested Development. He was Gene Parmesan. Yes, yes, he was Gene Parmesan. Oh my god, he was Colonel Mustard in Clue. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay i never i never put those characters oh, together whoa. <laughs> whoa holy shit wait what yeah i never realized colonel mustard and gene parmesan are the same goddamn person holy fuck you have no idea how much of my head's just trying to even put all of that together you're repeatedly you're repeatedly exploding and imploding. <laughs> Just what? He was married three times in the span of ten years, and has been married to the last wife for thirty-five years now. I guess third time was the charm for him. It certainly was. He was also the voice of the evil Cad in Freakazoid. Oh, he also starred in the Fox sitcom Dads. <laughs> <laughs> Dads. <laughs> Dads. Yeah. During the 80s, he starred in a series of commercials for Michelob and Pizza Hut. Hell yeah. And in a series of TV and radio commercials for Red Roof Inn. What a weird collection of like... This collection. Hi, what was your career like? Hi, you ever wondered what a a Picasso painting would look like if you just tried to shit it out of your ass? Whoa! (laughs) What? That's my career. (laughs) What? It's all over the place. It barely makes any sense, but somehow I made it work. I love that, like, if you look at his filmography for films and TV, he did, like, 
a bunch of TV in 76 through 79, and then almost exclusively did movies from like 78 to 85, did a couple movies, and then went back to TV till the 90s, did a couple movies, and then was on Roseanne, and he was just like on a shitload of TV in the 90s, and didn't really do any movies during that time. And then there's like this big ass gap from 2011 to 2018 in his films where again he's just in a shitload of tv and not only that like he's opened for randy newman and frank zappa yeah he's still going this dude is fucking talented i'm kind of curious about the most recent movie he's done called a futile and stupid gesture i mean that basically just kind of sums him up an american biographical 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 i can speak today comedy film based on uh, josh carp's book of the same name you can't talk today nope so are we going to futile and stupid gesture are we going to go to anything else that's on his page because we got a lot here i kind of want to check out dads because i've never even heard of that (laughs) there's probably good reason but let's do it all right we're checking out dads i like that dad the best the series was created by alex sulkin and wellesley wilde It follows Warner and Eli, two successful video game developers whose lives are unexpectedly changed when their fathers move in with them. Oh, Oh my God. Fox canceled the series after one season. (laughs) And now we know why we've never heard of it. (laughs) Oh, Seth Green was in it. I like Seth Green. Seth MacFarlane was an executive producer. Really? Seth Green, obviously, is the the nerdy video game developer. (laughs) And Eli, the other guy is the the businessman. He is a Lothario? What the fuck does that mean? A Lothario? What the fuck is a Lothario? Googling that. A man who behaves selfishly and irresponsibly in his sexual relationships with with women. I've never heard that word before. Yeah, neither have I. So, I just... I'm going to the, the critical reception of dads. The show was universally panned by critics. It holds a score of 15 out of 100 on Review Aggregator Metacritic based on 28 critics indicating <laughs> overwhelming dislike. It also holds a rare 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> where the consensus reads, a near total disaster. The f- Dads Yikes. makes the mistake, or the fatal mistake, of believing its racist gags can lend an edge to its aggressively predictable writing and unlikable characters. Holy fuck. It's basically the worst show ever. Look look at the the, the, um, synopses. Episode 2. When Ghost Child Games needs a new idea for a video game, Warner and Veronica encourage Eli to get stoned on pot brownies. The guys end up using the treats to get along better with their dads. That's wholesome. Hey, Dad, you want to just get fucking high as shit? Uh, what are some of the other... I'm, I'm looking at the other synopses, if I can find a good one. David exposes Edna as an illegal immigrant during an immigration-related <laughs> bust of a sweatshop in the what? building. <laughs> to save his maid from deportation, Eli forces his father to what marry her fuck? and enlist Warner to help plan what? the wedding. It isn't long before Eli regrets his plan. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think I, I, we're gonna have to I, make I this think a I want to watch this. We're now. gonna have to, uh, in collaboration with Nerdfit, probably. Glenn. Oh God, we're gonna, gonna have, have to sit to, there and uh, watch and then roast dads. 
<laughs> sit down and watch dads. If we watch one episode every three weeks, it'll take about a year. Ugh. Oh my god, there's an episode called Dad Abuse. There's also one called Have a Heart Attack. Eli oh, and Warner mistakenly on. cause an investigation of elder abuse, leading their dads being put in foster care. <laughs> at, at first, they're happy about the situation, but their happiness <laughs> turns to guilt as they make up a plan to rescue their fathers. Jesus Christ. Warner is left alone with Crawford when Camilla goes out of town to visit her sister, so he sends him he sends him and David to a hotel where the two dads are mistaken for a gay couple on their honeymoon. <laughs> this is just a bunch of, this is a shit show. Oh my god. This this honestly looks like a Markov bot tried to write, write plot synopses. <laughs> I it's so bad. Eli oh is still god, dealing dude. with jealousy over Veronica's engagement to Colt, while David plans his own funeral. <laughs> Uh, so I, did you notice the whole directed by column um i it's wasn't like, really paying much attention it's like to someone it, but it's all over the place it's like someone different every like almost every time um, it's someone different. No, it looks like it cycles between four or five guys like uh mark sandrowski but did a still, lot of them. like gary cohen did a lot of them david trainer looks like he did two or three kelly cronin yeah it looks like it was like five different like, people cycle between them so like I don't I don't know like TV well enough like is that normal? <laughs> That's not uncommon. Like um, okay, especially it it's less uncommon in longer running series. Especially like if you have a series that runs multiple seasons, um, your stars might want to direct an episode just because you know they they want to get into that uh, i know there's an episode of angel that's directed by david boreanaz for example so it, like i said it's not uncommon it does seem like that's quite a few of them for a single season tv show and probably contributed to the fact that it was a near total disaster none of them are part of the cast yeah so um, that mark that, mm. uh, mark sandrowski i'm just like hovering to check he works on Big Bang Theory. Oh. Hmm. Ted Wass is actually like kind of an older guy. Uh Gary Cohen oh, is shit. known he as a director. Soap? Oh man, soap was good. Scott Ellis, I have no idea who he is. David Trainer did that 70s show, except for every every single episode except for the pilot. Also did some of Boy Meets World. And then nobody else has anything. All right, we're a little over an hour by my count, but I know I started my audio a little sooner. So let's do one more link from here. Where can we go from here? That'll be a... Okay. So I was looking under cast and characters, and Brenda Song as Veronica, Eli and Warner's assistant. And about halfway through, one of the sentences is, her ethnicity is often made fun of by other characters. Made fun of is a link. And I'm like, oh, what does it link to? Bullying or something? No, it links to racism. <laughs> Oof. What? Oof. I don't, I don't want to read racism. I, I, I don't want to read that. Eli teases her for having a cousin named Why Me. <laughs> Yikes. Well done. <laughs> I can't imagine Seth Green as an overly flirtatious, racist video game developer. <laughs> like, I really am having trouble with that. I mean, kind of sounds like half of them. I mean, the video game developer, I could totally see Seth Green as a developer. Like, totally. But 
racist, sex-driven dickhead. That that's weird. Although I guess most developers are like that. Yeah, that that's when we get it hot. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so where are we gonna go to from here? Uh, Bubble Watch. Bubble Watch. What the fuck's a Bubble Watch? Dad's premiered at on the bubble on the Bubble Watch. What? Oh, I see. Uh, so we'll, yeah, we'll jump there. Uh, that that jumps to TV by the numbers. Subsection Bubble Watch. It's a website devoted to collecting and analyzing television ratings data. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, the Bubble Watch, which aims to predict, based on ratings data, which television, television series will be canceled and which will be renewed. That's interesting. Oh, that's cool. I'm totally cool with that. Aw, uh, they stopped publishing it in 2012. Boo. I really fucking hate learning about something cool and then realizing it's been dead for years. Oh, it looks like they, they primarily just looked at broadcast TV. They didn't look at cable because <laughs> cable was too erratic. Erratic? Well, yeah, like uh, subscription numbers, and you never know like when a certain cable carrier is no longer going to have a channel. Like, um, didn't mm. Time Warner, or not Time Warner, I think it was like one of the satellite companies almost lost like all of... Uh, Viacom. Viacom, yeah. Oh, because yeah, I remember that. That happened... That happened with several companies, including a bunch of smaller ones. I remember a local one to me uh, actually had a boycott against Viacom for those reasons. Yeah, and they started putting up like those uh, those little ads that scroll across the screen saying like, hey, demand your, yeah. your company, get this channel. And it's just like, what? It's like, fuck you, do your own negotiating, dickhead. I ain't yo bitch. <laughs> the scripted cable renew cancel status was published every Saturday, a total of 12 times. That's not every Saturday. That's a pretty limited number of Saturdays. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty limited. Oh, they announced he would stop publishing the post, citing low readership. That's a good reason. That's a reason to cancel something if you're publishing and no one's yeah, reading well, it. Well, I mean, it's also it's also kind of ironic that they did the same thing for TV shows, and they had to use their own metrics to be able to figure out how long they were going to last, and then went up, well, uh, peace. <laughs> We're going to figure out how long things are going to last. Oh, surprisingly, we are not going to last. Hmm. Yeah. Oops. The Cancellation Bear? Cancellation Bear? What? What? Where is it? Where the f- I'm trying to see where the first occurrence of it is on the page. All right. It's under Harry's Law. TV by the numbers received criticism from several facets of the television industry for their ratings analyses. Harry's Law star Kathy Bates publicly publicly bashed the website's ideas about ratings and their symbol, the cancellation bear, in an interview <laughs> for Entertainment Weekly. She stated, quote, Some of these people are just so stupid. I don't even get it. All they talk about is the blessed 18 to 49 demographic this, demographic that, and how the cancellation bear is going to eat us and all that stuff. What? So we'll see. We'll just see. Uh... Someone's salty. <laughs> Gallivant. In May 2015, TB by the Numbers predicted Gallivant would be canceled after its first season. After a surprise renewal, the second season began with an episode titled A New Season, a.k.a. Suck It Cancellation Bear. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Harry's Law. So after Harry's Law was canceled in May 2012, and the site issued a Passive-aggressive response to the news. 
Dalia again turned to Twitter to express his feelings on the website, stating, TVBTN negativitism? Negativism. 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 Whatever. Fuels. Dude, I've had too (laughs) many drinks for this right now. Uh, (laughs) Fuels belief to not watch shows. He influences viewers to not watch something self-fulfilling his prophecy just awful. There's no spaces. I bet you it's like right around 140 characters because that's an old tweet. Yeah, this was in May 2012. Yeah. Back when I'm pretty sure I was still using uh, Twitter to just send me text messages from every tweet. Back in my day. Yeah, that's uh, that's 100 and... He could have put spaces in there, fucking yeah, lazy dickhead. That's 134 characters. Oh, he yeah, has plenty he of space. What a piece of shit. Fuck Delia, whoever he is. Bill Delia. Not putting spaces, fucking bitch. Learn to fucking type. Probably wouldn't Can't be a supporter type of ass NASA. bitch. Okay, I think we're about done. Uh, I'm running. Uh, hashtag deal. So, with uh, it. we started on. What did we start Football. on? Football. There we go. I gotta scroll back up here because people were t- actually talking. The 2011 Eastern Illinois Panthers football team and ended on TV by the numbers. <laughs> Bubble watch. Bubble watch. Thanks, Bubble Watch. I think it was a pretty good episode. We kept it together. We didn't get too uh, obnoxiously drunk. That's what happens when you don't have... uh, uh, I'm just saying, like, that's what happens when you don't have Eric here, who is already several drinks in, and... well, Join us next week, where I transform back into Eric, who's already several drinks in. Uh... Number one, there's no possible way we could do this every week, Glenn. Do not... (laughs) Wait, Commit did I say next that. week? I did Don't mean do this to me. You meant tomorrow. I meant next time. <laughs> so, anybody have anything to say uh, in goodbye, Tyler? Uh, so I want to look up some more Melissa Joan Hart stuff. So I'll be right back. Uh, please turn off your microphone before you do that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, anything you'd like to say in uh, goodbye? Uh, yeah, next time I'll make sure to bring some whiskey. Fuck yeah, ass. Fucking and not drinking drink. whiskey ass, bitch. Okay, well that is it for our episode of Whiskeypedia today. Join us next time when maybe we'll have Glenn back, maybe we'll have Eric back, maybe we'll even have a different NerdFit guest. Who knows? Maybe even both. Maybe we'll just have 80 hosts and we'll all just talk over Maybe each other. I'll just sit here and just punch myself in the dick 50 times on, on stream and we'll, we'll get this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, Thanks everyone. See you later, everybody. Peace. Where the fuck is a stop button? There it is.